Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, car fans. Welcome to Driven Radio, the finest automotive podcast anywhere. Hell yeah. If you can prove I'm wrong, I'll take it back. But you can't. <laughs> I'm Brad Hatfield, here with our engineer and co-host, Mr. Mark Groves. Yo. And the madman that is the genius behind Craving Cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. Oh, why, thank you. Yes, you're quite welcome. We are coming to you from beautiful. Oh, yeah. Finally. At last. So beautiful outside. Driven Radio Studios in Overland Park, Kansas. 74 degrees today. It's very pretty. A week ago, there was four inches of snow on the ground. Yeah. Isn't it stupid? I mean, just this psycho girlfriend we call Mother Nature. Oh, I she, love her, but damn, she makes she, cray. she makes Sybil look well adjusted, <laughs> jacked up. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. I asked, I posted a couple pictures to Instagram last month. It's a big deal for me. Whoa, mark that shit on the calendar. Yeah, no kidding. And Disney. listen. Everywhere <laughs> fine podcasts are heard, and the finest automotive podcast that would be ours. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell all your gearhead friends. If there is something you would like to hear more of, or if you have an interesting story, like all of us do this week, tell us. Send your emails to Brett at readthedriven or drivenradioshow.com. Yeah, dead driven radio either, show even. Either one branded, bitches. Either one of them works. <laughs> okay, we've been gone a few weeks. Here's here's why. First week. I was driving mm-hmm. to Amelia Island. Second week. Which was awesome. I tried to drive home from Amelia Island <laughs> and was thwarted. And we'll get into that. In Which was minutes. not awesome. Was not awesome. So uh, I have good excuses. I was really supposed to be home for last week's show, but uh, fate kicked me in the teeth and I didn't quite make it. Yeah, it happens. So, yeah. Mr. Corey. Yes, that's I me. ask you knowingly. What have you done with cars in the last couple of weeks? I really, really um, love that monstrosity you drove tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's so I, cool. I, yeah. I, I, I do have that. Now, at some point, though, dur- during these two weeks, though, I did get the Porsche out and had a, had a nice little cruise and drive with, with some guys just last weekend. But the weekend before, I went out to St. Louis to uh, to pick up something I had been waiting on for over a year. Because that, yeah. that's where they hide all the dreams. It was February 18th of last year. Uh, I placed an order for a Storyteller Overland Mercedes Sprinter Stealth Mode 4x4. I know it's like a mouthful there, but, you know, hey, Holy take it Moses. in. I want to take s- it in. That that ain't even going to fit on the title. No. Uh, they abbreviated it as title's going to have eight pounds of ink on it. I sh- we shortened it to Big Boner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the BB. That's not your title. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. So tell them about oh. it, man. Well, it's I mean, wicked cool. It's what I had when I first sat in it. So that's that's pretty popular or pretty accurately named. <laughs> wow. Really didn't need to know any of this. <laughs> For sure. Um, it, is, it is a 144 wheelbase uh, Mercedes Sprinter. Which is the shortest one that they make with a high roof, like tall enough for me to stand in it. That's got a twelve foot wheelbase on it. Yeah, there you go. That's a large vehicle. Yeah, that's not bad. Well, it is twenty feet from bumper to bumper. And wow. and how tall? Ten feet. Oh my <gasps> lord! And how wide? A few feet. Eight feet. Nine. I don't feet? know. Uh, less not, than eight. You know, standing in the back of it, it didn't feel all that wide. It was just very it's tall. Not, it still fits in a parking spot. It's barely. It's uh, cram full but it still of cool fits stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's essentially it's a Mercedes Sprinter, but loaded to it, the teeth. It's a Teutonic Winnebago inside, <laughs> with a better build quality. Yes. Well, I said Teutonic. Yeah. Yeah. All your German stuff. We saw a fridge, a faucet, a bed, an outdoor shower, an awning. It's got an indoor a sunroof. A two-man deep-sea diving bell. It's got a bench that also <laughs> turns into a second bed if you need it. Lots of storage space. A microwave. Disco lights. 
Um, stripper pole. Stripper pole. Three midgets for said stripper pole. It has an AC unit on the roof. It does. And it has a heater as well that's wow. separate from the chassis heater. That'll heat the backside. The heater runs on the diesel, so it shares the diesel with the tank. So that wow. goes on for well, as long as I have fuel. And what'd you say this is called? The EM50? <laughs> it's ginormous. It is it's phenomenal. It's a three the, liter straight six turbo diesel. It gets up fine. It's, I mean, it's not It's fast. too nice to take off-roading, yeah, off-roading. Yeah, it is a four, and it does have a, a low range, so it's not just like what your the guys, typical all-wheel drive. Like the guys from Express Rally go on that Overland Express. It would be great it's, to have it when you stopped where you stopped, but I wouldn't want to drive it. Yeah, where it's it funny took you to say that. So Scott Huddleston from Express Rally, mm-hmm. which we should probably get back on, you know, yeah. before anything kicks on. Scott, so. Scott, if you're listening, where Scott, are you? Yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy. Uh, he did message when I, I posted some pictures from uh, St. Louis when we got it, and yeah, he I, actually did put on there and said. Uh, Overland Express Rally? Yeah, Question yeah. Mark? Yeah. <laughs> see, he wants you to go put all those Arkansas pinstripes down the side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that hopefully it, it's one with less trees that, so I can actually clear the things. Yeah, he, he wants to go overlanding <laughs> on the Savannah. <laughs> That'll be the one you're looking for. Yes, that yes. is a super cool four-wheel drive Van Winnebago Overlander thingy. That's it's. It's amazing. I, I actually just want to spend time in it. Like yeah. yesterday, we just, my wife and I went out and just sat in it and well, laid it around. It's kind of like new Legos for Christmas, man. You want to build stuff. I was thinking you go, you know, camping right in your driveway just because it's cool yeah. to be out there. Yeah. I, yeah. Honest to God, you should take the sucker back down to World of Wheels, park it, just have a base of operations. That's what needs to happen. I'm I'm telling you. Larry, let me in. Yeah, uh, we, we got to call Larry Way and, and get you in the door down there. Such a nice guy. You, mister. Did you do anything with your bike? Uh, I did go riding with it, and then I, you know, brought it home after it died on me, and uh, uh, and oh, but, yeah, uh, I got I got to uh, start again. You got crummy uh, gas in it, or uh, no? That gas tank has been gone through. I can't tell you how many times. Uh, I looked. I pulled the spark plugs. Uh, front cylinder squeaky clean. Back cylinder looks like a six year old's roasted marshmallow. Oh no, it's quite black. Oh no. So uh, I yeah. Would one hundred ten octane fuel help? <laughs> I know where you can get some at the pump. It, it might burn some holes in things. I really just need to take it to a real mechanic and, and say, hey, give me a once through on this. Tell me what's wrong. Reno Parish Sports right down the road. Done. There you go. Done. That, that'll be my next thing. There you go. Okay. All right, kitties. Well, <laughs> and now story time. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is story time. <laughs> Kick back with your Ritalin. This is going to take a moment. <laughs> Kick back. Grab your snacks. Get lots, popcorn. Lots of good things. And then, oh, God. Uh, Corey got a new van. That's awful cool. Mark got a new job uh, working at the Incontinent Dog and Monkey Circus. I'm glad to see you. That also is very cool as well. (laughs) That's right. Sit and spray. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you're going to be ringmaster. That's. (laughs) I'm happy for you. That. So, like I said, we missed uh, two weeks ago because Rhonda and I were driving to Amelia Island. We got there, and, you know, on these uh, big trips we do, we get several couples together, and we rent a nice house someplace. The house we rented was so much better than the pictures. You could not believe it. It was an absolute knockout, which means I have to never plan another trip again because I'm (laughs) never topping that. There's just no way. You screwed up. (laughs) It backed up to the St. John's River, which is really kind of an inlet from the Atlantic Ocean. I wasn't aware of this. The St. John's River is a major shipping lane. And the first night we were there, we're all sitting out on the back patio that is covered by a giant screened uh, atrium and in-ground pool and hot tub and a fire pit and a fireplace. And it just goes on and on. Anyway, we're sitting there. And from the backyard, a couple hundred yards away, it's the foghorn on a container ship. <laughs> like one of the great big quarter mile long container ships. And suddenly you're sterile. <laughs> now he knows how well, he got the house. You know, looking out across the, the St. John's River, and then there's the houses that are on the other side. It's kind of like being on the main channel at Lake of the Ozarks, but you never see a container ship on Lake of the Ozarks. They're big. Yeah, no kidding. I saw one so, once. We took pictures of all those ships that went back and forth during the week they were <laughs> there. One of them was a Carnival Cruise Lines, full-size oh. Carnival Cruise Line. Oh, my God. With a water slide on top. <laughs> oh, my good Lord. 
Yeah. The rest of the house is dynamite. It's, you see those it in is, the Ozark? It is. No, no, no. No, no carnival cruise well, in very, the Ozark too? Very rarely. It's, okay. Uh, okay. it's not carnival cruise. It's Redneck Riviera. <laughs> oh, I just but, thought it was, it was one of those. Anyway, uh, the entire house was redone in the last year and a half. Everything in it is like brand new yeah. and very stylishly so. And it was just fantastic. Uh, Pat and his wife went with us. See, this is coming from a guy who used uh, to build houses. Another couple that we had from the uh, the Monterey trip last year. Another couple that's friends of Ped's. John Ficarra stayed with us for a couple nice. of nights. And it was just beautiful. The house was fantastic. Rhonda's new Cayenne ran great all the way down there. Yeah. It was fantastic. It ran great while we were there. Driving to the auction one day. Mark, you won't care about this. Corey, you won't believe this. <laughs> we saw a real, not a replica, real Lancia Stratos out driving around in the wild. You lie. No. You lie. No, I don't. You lie like a pig dog. And as Rhonda and I are getting closer, it's turning onto the highway. It's about a quarter mile off. She says, is that a Pantera? <laughs> uh, good and we get, close, we get closer. You know, well, it was red and yeah, it had yeah. gold wheels on it. Yeah. We get closer. I'm like. Oh no, that's god. not a Pantera. Oh that's my god, awesome. it was that's amazing. so sexy that, in person. That that's something you just don't see. The no, other period. The other thing because about this trip, because they had a works reunion there, Corey. Every other car the whole week was a Porsche of some variety. You have to go to Amelia Island. All the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> you really and it's it was on the list. it was fun being down there in our kayak. It's like oh, we're part of the club. We're part of the group. Nice. So uh, do not count me out next year. If I have to stay in the in the driveway of my van, I will. <laughs> Gooding was amazing. The cars were spectacular. It was very Porsche heavy. Very, sure. very Porsche now, heavy. Is this typical for Amelia Island then? To be Porsche heavy like this? Or is this I, was it something different? Everybody this year? else was saying that it is. It's been a few years since I've been. I don't remember it being that Porsche heavy, but I'm sure you know I'm gonna look for it next year. Yeah. yeah um for sure. at the auction, a few things of note. Uh, true 55 Porsche Speedster. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I'm starting light for you. Yeah. <laughs> true Porsche 904 6. Okay. One okay. of only a couple. Yeah. True Porsche 718 RSK Racer. Hmm. And lots of, lots of other cool stuff. Uh, uh, a true uh, roof 911 done in light blue. Uh, just. Lots of fantastic stuff. Um, you know, 300 SL Gullwing down there. $13 million. Boy, those things are going for a lot. Talbo Lago, T150 SS Teardrop. Just everything was so nice. There weren't any really loud. Did you have to carry there. extra, I don't know, shorts because you kept staining them? If you get the rubber ones, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> oh, sweet. So and that, at our age, that works. <laughs> the other thing about being at Gooding, I ran into so many of our former guests while I was there. That theirs is cool enough right there. Uh, John Sacamino, Andy Reid, Tom Cotter, Dave Kinney, oh, Greg wow. Ingle, John Klinger, John Ficarra. And I asked all of them to be on the show, and John Sacamino said he would be with us tonight, and he's going to be. All Excellent. right. Uh, anyway, stayed in that amazing house with Ped and John Vicara, Rhonda, and a whole bunch of other friends. Driving home, we made it to 80 miles east of Nashville. Yeah. And the Cayenne said, <clears throat> I quit. Oh, no. So this this is, I mean, I, I, I can go on, and you can go on and on about no, Amelia talking, Island. I'm going to get a sip. And all that stuff. But... Um, it's, that's the one thing that baffles me because I saw the car. I've seen the car. I've seen it run. I, what the, it is amazing. Frack happened to it. You know, I took it to our Porsche dealer here. Yes. And had them do my typical post buy pre buy inspection to tell me if I'd bought something that had things wrong with it. Right. Makes, that's good. They found an oil leak. They found a coolant leak. They fixed them both. It was not inexpensive. In okay. fact, it was pretty expensive. I bought a lot of cars for less money than I paid for the service. Put a brand new set of Michelins on it. Car was spectacular. Apparently, there are three fuel pumps on that car. I didn't know that. I, wow. I always okay. just drank, you know, drove single fuel pump cars. High performance vehicle. One of, them, one of them is a high pressure fuel pump that runs off the back of the cam on the engine and is mounted to the backside of the engine block. The tech apparently didn't tighten the bolts for that high 
pressure fuel pump. And the thing lasted all through the trip, all through Florida and halfway home. But the bolts got loose enough. And like I said, it's powered by the cam. So it's got some torque on it. It torqued two of the bolts off in the block. The remaining one became a spindle around which it turned. It twisted all the fuel lines. (laughs) Oh my God. And the other two fuel pumps were still working enough to drive the car below 2000 RPM and limp us into a roadside parking area. But the poor little Cayenne said, I'm under duress and screw you guys. I hate you. I hate you all. I will say this. I'm actually glad that's not a Porsche problem that that strange. No, 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 typically no, no. That's no. not and, something that happens. That's other, what made, made the, me go, whoa, what happened? The other thing I have to emphasize is the Porsche dealer here in town stood behind the work. They stood behind the mistake. They are covering all the expenses. They covered the hotel and the airfare, or they're going to, uh, all the receipts that we saved up from being stranded in Nashville for a okay. couple of days. Okay. And they have given me zero grief about it. They've been very, very upstanding about the whole thing. Nice. So as much of an inconvenience as it may have been to get stranded on the side of the road. Oh, one other thing. The car is no longer covered by Porsche roadside assistance, but I called them anyway, trying to get a tow. And they said they would tow us the eight, the 79 miles for the bargain basement price of $754. Oh, and, and you wonder why I drive bombers. (laughs) because <laughs> when they die you just leave them yeah, yeah hell yeah if it's gonna cost more to tow it than to own it you know who saved our bacon uh uh-uh. john Klinger and haggerty roadside assistance there you go haggerty drivers club so huge thanks out to john he got us taken care of he got us in someplace safe for the night john i can't thank you enough god I'm, I'm gonna have to figure out something cool to do for him because he really did save us when we were stuck on the side of the road. Big awesome, thanks to John. Liquor awesome. and beef. <laughs> Liquor and beef. Yeah, big, big, big thanks to Not John and, that order. and Haggerty. They really came through, hit a home run. Nice. So, Very cool. Go despite Haggerty. the fact that we had the breakdown, got to do cool stuff, and uh, got saved by Klinger and Haggerty. The last of the cool car stuff, uh, for those of you who are local, as in Kansas City area or Topeka area, within driving distance, World of Wheels is going on starting tomorrow, uh, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, starting Thursday the 17th. 17th tomorrow's the 16th. Yeah, tomorrow's the yeah, 17th. Tomorrow's 17th. Thursday the 17th through Sunday the 17th, 20th. Right. And uh, Vlad the Impaler will be there. Sweet! Probably with a great big fat for sale sign on her. Come on, my car. <laughs> Technically, the Cravan. You like what I did there? Yes, uh-huh. I, I see what you did. Yeah. Oh, my God. Was there earlier? Was the there look earlier? in your eyes just uh-huh. made that awful. <laughs> Did you get it? Did you get it? The Craven. Are you creeped out? Because I'm what creeped you, out. What do, you think, awesome. what do you think the license plate's going to say? <laughs> so, I, the I don't Craven know. will be there, too. I'm guessing your license well, plate says free candy. It won't be there right now. Oh. No, that's what the spray paint on the side of the face is going to say. It's free candy. Yeah, and the other well, side's gonna if be you don't want to go as permanent as spray paint, you could always use painter's masking tape. That works pretty well, too. That bright blue will stand right <laughs> out. And, you know, that show has amazing vehicles, and Saturday's a very long day for it, so go there with your walking shoes because that, it fills up Bartle Hall like you wouldn't believe. That van is an amazing vehicle. I absolutely think so. Uh, run her through the wash, baby. Go park her up there. Give yeah, us, why not? Give us a base of operations. We'll uh, we'll stow a bunch of good yeah. beer in your yeah. fridge. <laughs> That's where the booze is going to stay cold. <laughs> and for ones who are out of town that cannot make this or anywhere near any type of World of Wheels uh, craving cars on YouTube, there you go. There will be some videos of this year's event. Nice, good. Vlad should be polished up because I have to go over the show after the show and wipe her down. <laughs> in the news, we've got the uh, news of a passing of a racing legend. Uh, how the Corvette Z06 got its groove and good news for low-volume car manufacturers. Our returning guest this week is auto restorer and expert John Sacamino. He's going to be here to, to talk about the goings-on at Amelia Island, nice. Arizona versus Amelia Island, and what he would do to get younger generations interested in the collector car world. We've got plenty of news to cover this week, so let's get to it. From Auto Week. That I didn't have to pay for. Free, nice. free source. Yay! <laughs> um, racing great Vic Elford passes at age 86. Aww. 
That's too bad, but 86 is a good run. That's a good run. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be upset with that, I suppose. If Especially it was for the, all the stuff this guy got done. Right. So, racing legend Vic Elford passes, uh, passed March 13th at the age of 86 in his adopted home state of Florida after a long battle with cancer. And that's a shitty way to go. I'm sorry. Um, quick Vic, as his fellow drivers named him, uh, got his start rallying in his native England. Um, Initially as a navigator. Meaning, so he's a guy in the passenger so, side. Yeah, he's a guy in the passenger side with a flip notebook saying uh, left 45. You See, know, I didn't this, know that part about him. Oh, man. Interesting. Hey, you ever watch rally races? I, I, like I, tell you, I, I tell you one thing. I couldn't be a navigator. That's for damn sure. That's what I'm saying, man. Like If I were the guy riding in the right seat, you know, pushing on that imaginary brake pedal when you're coming up. <laughs> yeah. It's, it te- I, I would have to have a mouthpiece first to keep. Well, how, how about this? From have, cracking my teeth. Have you guys ever gotten car sick by not looking forward? Navigators never look forward. They're looking yeah, they're down at the paper hundred percent of the time. Uh, 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 I'd be uh, uh. throwing up in my lap fourteen times. I'd be like, oh, coming on the third corner. <laughs> Sorry, mate, I didn't catch that. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with it? He's American. Uh, God, you got to pull over, man. <laughs> Shouldn't have had corned beef for lunch. <laughs> Put the top down. Put the top down. <laughs> oh. So once he became a racer rather than a navigator, he drove a mini uh, that he bought in 1962, and then a Triumph. TR3A and a TR4. Nice. The TR3A is that low-slung kind of Jaguar looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Those are cool. Those are very cool. Uh, Finally, a series of Ford Cortinas. Uh, His success there, which makes me excited about this one, led Mm -hmm. him to Porsches. And in 1967, he was a European rally champion in a 911. Uh, It was the beginning of a long and productive association with the brand. Um, Elford would eventually race in Formula One, Can-Am, Trans-Am, and even NASCAR. He rode a Trans-Am. Hot damn. Hot damn. I like him now. Dang, Joe Dirt. 1978. No, uh, where he uh, drove in four Daytona 500s. Four Daytona 500s. He piloted every version of the Porsche 917, drove Porsche 906s, 908s, as well as a manner of 911 race cars. Elford drove the Chaparral. The Chaparral. 2J sucker car. If I'm not mistaken, is that the one that had the two uh, giant fans that that? Yes, I think they were run by sucked a, it down a to snowmobile the motor. Yeah, that would run the fans that sucked that car down, uh-huh. and then eventually they outlawed having two. Separate yeah, they outlawed engines. that about 20 minutes after he showed up with it. Right, right. <laughs> uh, McLaren 7A and a BRM P160 in Formula One. A 1970 Camaro uh, in Trans Am. There you go. Various yeah. Lolas, Shadows, Lancias, and Chevrons. This guy. This guy raced a lot of freaking cars. Yeah, he did. But in the, a lot of freaking races. But there's one more cool thing that he's known for coming up. Alfred won Le Mans twice in a Porsche 906 in 1967 and a Ferrari uh, 365 uh, GTV4 in 1973. So that's funny. He did it in a Ferrari and a, uh, and a Porsche. Yeah, but Racing take this. at Le Mans in 1972, Alfred upon a... Um, a Ferrari Daytona, a burning Ferrari Daytona. He stopped in the middle of the race to pull open the door of a flaming wreck only to find an empty car because the driver already escaped. He hadn't known it was empty, and he waited in that inferno. For that, the French president presented him with a French National Order of Merit. Georges Pompidou, hey, you're going to burning car. That's pretty freaking heroic. That is, that's pretty impressive, man. That Rest really is. in peace, Mr. Elford. Elford. What yes. a stud. Amen. What an absolute That is stud. a cool history of just awesome stuff. Stopped in the middle of a race and got out to try and rescue somebody else in a burning car. Probably lost all of his eyebrows in the process. Oh, I'm sure that uh, it took him a while to grow back his arm hair. Yeah. And had some hot dogs, some marshmallows. Let's hope he had some of them. He also I, sang I'm not some French songs while it, he was there. If I'm not mistaken, in I'm the 1970s, you carried back. those in a little side pouch in your car just <laughs> in case it came before. Well, yeah, uh, roasted some croissant. Yeah. And then uh, and then won the race. And there you go. And then met the president. Yeah. That's and, right. and, and got the girl. <laughs> got the girl. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. So we're all waiting anxiously for the debut of the Corvette Z06, the new one. Amen, brother. With a flat plane crank engine. Woo! We've talked a lot about how this makes that Corvette the American version of a Ferrari 458. Yes, we should talk more. You want to know how much? 
they bought a four five eight engine to reverse engineer the engine for the Corvette. Sounds like someone else I think of uh, that did almost a very similar thing, but we won't get into Isn't that. Isn't that how anymore. they made a Fiero? Sure. No. There's a lot of reverse engineering. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It they turn involves, the K car backwards. It and... involves driving a Citation in reverse. <laughs> That's right. That's it. That's it. When General Motors engineers designed the new C8 Corvette's Z- Corvette Z06's five and a half liter flat plane crank V8, it was something entirely new for them. Chevrolet had never built an engine with a cross plane crank, nor one that revved to the moon. <laughs> 8,600 RPM, kids. Oh, boy. 8,600. The GM engineers decided to do some benchmarking by purchasing a Ferrari, a Ferrari, Ferrari 458 engine. The Gemini Project's chief engineer, Jordan Lee, stated during a presentation of the LT6 that the team was extremely interested in Marinello's engines back when the development began. We wanted a Ferrari 458 engine to take a look at their components and see what they did. Jordan stated, at the time, buying a 458 to extract the engine wasn't on, wasn't on the table this early in development, and they needed to find a more reasonable source for a test motor. We were able to buy an engine from a wrecked car in Poland on eBay. eBay! Can you believe that crap? <laughs> Go eBay. Or well, Poland. it's not like you can ring up Ferrari and say, hey, listen, we like what you do. We'd like to figure out how to do it. Do you mind if we buy one of your motors? <laughs> Probably wouldn't work well. <laughs> Got it out of a Polish car, a wrecked Polish car on eBay. We sent them a check for something like twenty-five grand. We're all pretty pleased and thrilled when that the engine actually did show up. <laughs> the motor was delivered on a pallet directly to the company's Pontiac, Michigan engineering facility. From there, the crew got right into the disassembly process, and Corvette's chief engineer, Taj Hoechter, I'm pretty sure that's right, but that's what I'm going with. Sounds pretty good. Uh, Said they were surprised at what they found inside. Once they finished inspecting the Ferrari 458 engine, they began working on improvements for their own engine. At the time, the 458 was the most powerful, naturally aspirated, flat-plane V8 engine ever built. That record has since been shattered by the LT6 V8 engine and the Z06. They took what Ferrari did and did it better. Better which is the most powerful, naturally aspirated production V8 engine in the world, full stop. Once a C8 test car was on the road, the team used the actual 458 to test against the prototype. Eventually, the 458 GM used a benchmark against the C8 was sold, and they bought a 488, the newer version, the turbo version. Later, they went back to a used 458 after realizing the newer turbocharged Ferrari was lacking in soul. Compared to the four five eight, I've heard of Ferrari people actually say that. Well, hey, you so, know they know what they're talking about. GM says it. That maybe it's because it's true. I don't know. The Corvette Z06 with a six hundred seventy horsepower, eighty six hundred RPM redline LT6 should sticker just below a hundred thousand when it arrives at Chevy dealerships. Cheapest Ferrari you can buy. 100 grand or thereabouts. <laughs> when considering the extreme benchmarking that took place when creating the LT6 engine for the C8 Z06, you'll have a deeper appreciation for the hype surrounding the 670 horse Corvette, especially when considering that it'll arrive at dealerships for about 40% what the 458 cost new. Wow. 40%. <sighs> You know, you know that that's barring World War Three fire tornado. We don't do that here. Ship sinking. Stop it! <laughs> Stop Shut it. up! You're you're gonna you're gonna yeah. jinx it, dude. Yeah. You're harshing my mellow. <laughs> you crashing my buzz. <laughs> I want to see this car so bad. Yeah, me too. Me Source too. from Road and Track NHTSA approves manufacture of low volume turnkey replica cars. We've talked about this before, and it's about time. Thanks to the efforts of the Specialty Equipment Market Association, our beloved SEMA. friends at SEMA, SEMA. Yeah. and their partners lobbying Congress, the replica car market is about to get a lot bigger. Customers in the United States will now be able to legally purchase turnkey factory-assembled replica vehicles based on designs more than 25 years old. Oh. Now that the NHTSA has officially implemented the Low Volume Motor Vehicle Manufacturers Act. 25 really? years sounds like a long time ago. Especially yeah. when, you know, you Not and anymore. I kind of think 25 years ago was 1984. 25 years ago was 1997, man. Yeah. That, yeah. Ain't, that ain't that old. You know, my yeah. my mom's car, they could be remaking that now. It's still sitting in my driveway. My Jeep will be 25 <laughs> years old in the next three years. Most <laughs> of my cars already are. This is it's, true. 
And I I love this because the last time that we had it that we talked about what was going on with this, they were pushing for this because uh, these these low volume manufacturers could make this super cool vehicle, but not put an, a power plant yeah. and a transmission in it. Then yeah. you got to go yeah. find that on your own. They'll have suggestions for you, and then you have to either be mechanically inclined enough to install it yourself and do it right, or you have to pay somebody and it. That's yeah. not cheap. You know, they've already got it there at the manufacturing plant where they could do all the quality control, but no, you've got to roll it out of there because of some weird law and then make sure that somebody else puts the motor and stuff in it and you don't know if they're going to actually know what the hell's going on. I just, it was, I it kinda, just seems stupid. I kind of have a, a very good example of this in, in a different way for the fact of, yes, you can grab anything, anybody builds anything or whatever it is, put whatever you want, power plant in there, and you can do anything you want. You got the money or the know-how how to do it, you can do it. That thing out in, the, in your driveway at this moment is a very good example of that where I could have bought a van. I could have built it out. I could have done what I want with it. Instead, I went for the turnkey option. Yeah, and, yeah. and doing it yourself, it probably would have – you couldn't have done it for what your van cost. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have been as pretty. Mint. So, yeah, because yeah, on an assembly line, if they're already building this thing, there's a price point of, uh, of, of work – that goes in that is less than if you had to take it somewhere else and they had to retrofit stuff. It just, I, well, uh, furthermore, I, and I can't say this because I've never tried to do this, but it kind of lends itself to the idea. All this stuff should be integrated together. I'm guessing it's more difficult to build a car without the drivetrain in it and setting it up. So it will accept a drivetrain after the fact. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am because I don't think that way. Yeah. Now, according to this new policy, low-volume vehicle manufacturers will be able to construct up to 325 replica vehicles a year. That's a lot of cars, man. Anything from old-school hot rods to mid-century muscle cars and more modern classics. Can you imagine the number of Stangs, 68 Stangs, they're going to be completely brand new? A ton. I, I, what, about, I, what, about, what about the Mopars with the crackers? Oh, dude. Whoa. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, believe so- me, that's the back of my heart <laughs> one. But I'm thinking, okay, for, for first sales... For the top, you know, what's going to sell to the person who most would buy a complete replica? I'm, I'm thinking those. Somebody's going to do a, a Chrysler Hearst 300. Oh, Jesus. That was, I just, I just got a little and steamy. And up to 325 of them a year. <laughs> Wipe up the chair when you get out of it, would you? Oh, my God. Could you imagine the 1970 uh, Hearst? Just uh, great, big. At Gregor's. <laughs> it's somebody find me a Hellcat. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the hell was I? All right. Uh, these vehicles will be still required to comply with some level of federal oversight, but not at the level of modern mass-produced vehicles. They should allow small manufacturers that don't have the resources of a legacy automaker to build limited production replicas that comply with the new law. These replica vehicles will still be uh, required to meet current model year emissions regulations, and as such, all replica manufacturers must register with NHTSA the Environmental Protection Agency, and the California Air Resource Board in order to build and sell street-legal vehicles. Plus, they have to get a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Note that this new policy has no impact on your ability to build a traditional Colonoscopy is going to be done by a miner (laughs) with a helmet, with a lamp on it, and big hands. Oh, I really thought you went a different direction on that. I was like, wow. M-I-N-E-R, not O-R. Yeah, got it. Got it. I'm following you. Corey's thinking, I got to hire a seventh grader? Mark, he meant meant a miner, not a miner. I'm with you. This is a win that we can all get behind and one that could help speaking of, that could help some seriously cool cars get on the road in the near future. I think I think it's awesome and I cannot wait. Talk about trying to just drive this right <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> done. Job well done. Jeez, Corey. I'm thinking about our guys at Superformance. Yeah. Lance has got to be out of his mind excited about this. Well, if I can ever hunt down the dude at Auburn and get him to freaking talk to me uh down in Oklahoma. Uh, I would love to find out what oh, he's thinking of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, beautiful vehicles, and yeah. and this is right up their alley. Well, yep. if they're talking about Absolutely. being current emissions compliant, then they're probably going to have a lot of modern engines and maybe some electric stuff. But still, you could have a cool-looking electric car finally instead of something that looks like a lozenge. And is there, <laughs> is there anything wrong with having a classic looking car with a modern power plant? No. Not at all. Not in my book. Not at all. It's called no. a resto mod. Lots it's, of people have been doing it. Reliability. There you go. In a cool way. 
Our returning guest this week is auto restorer and expert John Sacamino, who will be here to talk about the goings-on at Amelia Island, Arizona versus Amelia, and what he would do to get younger generations interested in the collector car world. This and much more is coming up here next on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. Our special guest this week is a repeat offender here. John Sacamino is a lifelong car guy, avid amateur racer and instructor, and the owner of award-winning restoration shop Sport and Specialty in Durand, Illinois. I ran into John at at the Gooding Auction at Amelia Island, and we had the opportunity to look at some cars there. John, welcome back to Driven Radio. It's good to be back, guys. I, uh, I, uh, I said, I said, Brett, you know, next time you, you do this again, let me know. I mean, if you want to do an alumni show. And he's like, by the way, I'm planning on doing one. <laughs> so this, this morning, I, and he, he just reached out to me this morning, and he says, what are you doing at 7? I'm like, wow, um, apparently nothing. So I'm in. You know, it's just <laughs> I had a great time last time, so I was like, yeah, I could, I could do that again. It'd be fun. Yeah, well, uh, we were really happy to have you on and Thanks. wanted to make sure that I got to everybody as soon as I can. And you made the top of the list. So there you go. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, floated to the top. Thank I don't you. know what that's saying. <laughs> I, I, I know. That's not always a good that's thing. That's murky water to rise above. Yeah, was, <laughs> great getting to see you at Gooding. We did. Run, we ran into everybody. Tom Cotter, Dave Kenny, Greg Engold, Darren Frank, uh, another one of my fellow SEM employees, uh, John Klinger. Good Lord. And, and, yeah, you're, was, and you were dragging Andy Reid around in some kind of wild British short, shooting jacket. Yeah, I don't know. He, he, apparently, he thought like really heavy tweed would be an attractive thing in the middle of Florida. It's yeah. like eighty-five degrees. Right. You're looking at him. I'm looking at him. I'm like, I don't know. You know, this is like Mr. Magoo. He, just, <laughs> he looked like he should have been getting out of a Range Rover with a double barrel brake action over his forearm. Hey, you should have nothing yeah, like yeah, a heat yeah. stroke. Hey. But those usually have whiskeys in the back too. Hey, so. Randy, by or Andy, while while we're talking about you, we all love you <laughs> very, love you. very much. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah. it it was a spiffy jacket, but didn't seem temperate. <laughs> Damn, dude. Apparently, he doesn't sweat, and I don't know how that how that works. You know, I, he must have had those those glands removed at some point. No, <laughs> I, I I sweat for both of us. So. I know, I know. I, I, I was fortunate enough to meet your wife there, which actually was kind of like the highlight of that whole little trip over to Goodings. Ooh, she's fun. She is she is way funnier and nicer than you are. Was, <laughs> she, was, she was hilarious. She was hilarious. We, we had a hug and a kiss on that one. It was pretty funny. It was uh, good. She yeah. is fast and has a more disturbing sense of humor than I do. And it's oh, tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh, tough yeah. to imagine that being possible. <laughs> no, so, it was good. It was fun. So, I, you know, we're now we're kind of like in the family completely here. It was uh-huh. good. It's, you're cursed now, buddy. Yeah, so, no thanks. What'd you think of uh, of Gooding and the cars they had there? And was there anything that you really wanted to take home? Well, obviously the, tech, the Talbot Lago was uh, aerodynamico was pretty pretty nice. Uh, it was also the you know the big show winner or the big weekend winner. It was like. What was it? Twelve point two mil without the. I don't know if it was with the vig or without the vig. But with, with the juice, it was. Th- yeah. It was thirteen point four two five. Got it. Yep. Wow. And uh, did you get that one, John? That was a, that was the high you know the high guy of the day, and it was a magnificent car. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. You walked right into that thing, and you said, "Oh, you know, what else is there?" Um, there was a bunch of spiders for sale. You know, at between Bottoms and Gooding and and RM. It must be the, you know, the uh, car, car du jour as far as, you know, having them and getting rid of them. And I think the money, you know, the money, the good money was about a buck or a million five on those. Um, I didn't see, you know, and you were, you were doing a lot of inspecting, but, you know, because you had, you had to do your job. But, yeah, uh, it's kind of. I did, you know, it was fine with me. Um, <laughs> I, I uh you know, I, I saw a fair amount of uh, like good value cars that weekend. You know, I was mm-hmm. when I was in Arizona. They, you know, it's kind of like the, the usual suspects. You know, a few of these, a few of those, a couple of these, um, and then you know, Gooding wasn't even there. You know, so 
it was nice to see, it was nice to see the cars back out. It was nice to see the people back out. Um, I t- I talked to Jacob Greason um, of uh, uh, Bonhams and, you know, Jay's yeah. <laughs> normally they were full, you know, their little showroom and their little salon in Arizona up front. Usually they had some big dollar stuff in there and it wasn't, not, it wasn't much. Um, I mean, and they, but they came, they played, you know, in Arizona. And then when they came to Amelia, it was good to see that they had a lot of good cars out again. Yeah. And there was some, you know, there were some cars out. Gooding had a, a nice, a nice display and RM had its usual, you know, big salon indoors that, that, you know, under, under the lights looked really nice. And, you know, that, and then I just go, yeah, I'm, you know, I'll take, I'll take any of them, but you know, I can't afford half. So it was fine. It was fine. Walking around at Gooding and looking at the cars there, were the restorations up to your exacting standards? You know, generally, <laughs> generally, okay. you know, when I say that generally speaking, they, they all look great under the lights and you got, you know, they've all been contracted by some, you know, uh, detailer to, you know, detail the crap out of these things. And I've had, you know, in the last 10 years or so, I've probably had, I don't know, a dozen cars sent to me directly from an auction, either, bring a trailer or, you know, one of the, one of the big places to to go over, you know, and I got to tell you, they're not all that good when you get under them. (laughs) Kind of what I keep telling people is, you know, you know, get under the car. Whatever you do, try to get under the car and see what, see what kind of work has been done. You know, the carpets are covering up floors. You don't know what's underneath there. And, And people buy the cars kind of sight unseen, unfortunately. So, you know, for me, everything is, Everything is gorgeous until, you know, until inspected or proven otherwise. And Gooding does have a bit of a hands-off policy, which makes it a little more difficult. You know, I I don't know how you would, you know, how you're going to throw a, you know, a million bucks out. I know, you know, if I was doing it, I'm not sure how I would, I I guess I'd tell you, I'm not sure how I would do it or how I would, you know, you could probably talk to them before the cars went out and to see if you could get underneath them, you know, but. On the floor, they don't want you coming here. They were shooing you away from half of the cars you were sniffing around. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I saw hammers over there going, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you they, touching? They, they took one look at me and said, don't let him touch anything. <laughs> None for you. Yeah. Said, no. keep, keep him out of Isn't there a ball pit he's supposed to be in somewhere? <laughs> Well, they, you know, they know that you're, you know, they know that you're Martin's evil minion, so they don't want to <laughs> close to anything. Hey, I, I'm proud. Never mind. Uh, I, I'm I'm proud to be Keith's evil minion. I am. I wear that with pride. Your thoughts on the Gooding sale and also the other sales? I wasn't able to attend RM or uh, Bottoms. I just was at Gooding for a couple of days. But what I saw there looked better than fair for the most part. I, I, I agree. You know, it, the auction seemed. They picked up. It looked like a to me after having gone to like two big ones in a row. Let's call it Arizona, and then here uh, it looked like a lot of the East Coast cars stayed on the East Coast. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't send them out west. They didn't stay here. It looks like more people are trying to move. Let's call it move inventory, if you will, on the East Coast than the West Coast. Um, and I really can't say that. I, I know that um, I'm on a list. I'm on a, I'm on a few lists, but there's one list that I like is the. Uh, the Haggerty list that they send out the next day that recaps all of yeah. the kind yeah. of the sales and what they, you know, what the sell through was and how they did. And, you know, I think the sell through for all these is really, was really pretty good. And, and a lot of the cars were, you know, no reserve. They moved along briskly. Um, I, I, I went, I sat through Goodings and I sat through Bonhams and I was, I liked it. I mean, I thought it was good. If I remember correctly, sell through for Gooding was ninety three percent, and they cleared right. o- and they cleared over sixty nine million dollars, which means I mean, there's the, nothing wrong with that. The market's still hot, and yep. uh, Friday the crowd at Gooding was significant. That that bidder's tent was packed. Yep, it was. It and, was, and, and I, I, I like I'm, that's a good thing for the hobby. You know what I mean? It's a good thing for the hobby. So does it seem like Amelia Island and the Concord are getting back to pre-COVID levels or maybe even a little bit better? I saw a lot of pent-up demand, if you will. There was a lot of people on the on the show field, uh, spectators. And, you know, there was a lot of spectators on the show field, both Saturday and Sunday. I mean, the cars and coffee, or they, I don't know if they call it caffeine and cars or something, yeah. on, on Saturday morning. Holy cow. 
I mean, it was a sea of people. And, you know, maybe maybe the weather hasn't been so good in the last two or three years, you know, pre-COVID, as I recall. Sometimes Bill had to move it from Sunday to Saturday. Um, yeah. So that, you know, the caffeine and cars kind of fell off. But holy cow, what a crowd. And these were just local people for the most part. Uh, and, and the Bill, weather was really terrific for the entire week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was probably one of the best best seven or eight days, you know, I've been in Florida in a long time where there was no, no rain, no precipitation to speak of. And it was 80, just a perfect 80 degrees every day. It was pretty. So we talked about this a little bit earlier today. Uh, can you compare and contrast Arizona car week with Amelia Island? I, I, mean, I, I guess beyond the fact that every other car at Amelia was a Porsche. <laughs> yeah, there, well, there is that. Um, I think, you know, I, I think they have, it's kind of like Pebble, you know, where you've got a captive audience. I mean, everybody goes to Fernandina Beach in Arizona. They can kind of spread out, you know, and people can come in. I, I think Arizona will probably pick up again next year. I think one of the one of the pieces that it's missing is that it had a Concord, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. it had a Concord. There was the Arizona Concord that they had at the Billboard for a while. And, um you know, I've talked to some of the, I have family out there. So I've talked to some of the people and, and, and had conversations with, you know, how to bring that back. And part of it is it's just land out in Arizona. If they had a Concord, I think more people would go. Um, Cause yeah. it would really round out the entire week. You know, the last couple of years, you know, between COVID and, and, and um, you know, just, 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 be, just between COVID and not having a Concord, I've seen a significant dip in the Arizona numbers, you know, yeah. Um, and you know, uh, uh, I don't know what's going to happen now with RM, you know, RM being like repopulated, if you will. Um, a lot of their people left and, you know, they're going on to this, to this, you know, new, uh, new organization, um, broad arrow, broad arrow. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I think, I think RM did a pretty good job this, you know, Amelia, you know, putting this on, having lost a significant amount of their, you know, upper end people. True. You know, I, I thought they did a great job. You know, they had good cars out there. They were well represented. Um, you know, I, w I was happy for them. You know, I thought that from what I understand, everybody worked really hard to, to make that occur. Do you think that we're going to see interest in collector car auctions uh, continue to grow and be as strong as it has been the last year and a half? Um, you know, that's, that's an interesting question. You know, COVID drove so many, it drove bringing trailer like to, to new heights of craziness. I yeah. mean, everybody was selling cars, on, had been selling cars on bringing trailer for the last 18 to 24 months. And they've been getting crazy money, you know, where there was always kind of a crapshoot whether or not the, a car would do well. And I got to tell you, the cars that come from bringing trailer, I've, I've had, you know, some of, some of the ones I've had from there were really dogs. You know, people are, you know, misrepresenting them. They're not really as good as they might be. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to pick sides here, you know, no, but no. we've gotten a couple of those cars okay. and they haven't quite yeah, been what like, we'd hoped for. Yeah. Come on guys. You know, there's gotta be some vetting somehow in here that you can, you can, you know, bring the, bring the, uh, bring to the table. And that's where I think the people that like to see the cars and frankly, you see some of these guys, I mean, I stayed at the Ritz this year with Andy, right? So through a long story, we ended up with a room at the Ritz that we didn't have to pay for, which was even better. That's but it, nice. <laughs> it was way nice. That was the backup plan for that car that he brought. So, uh, you know, for, uh, but it was 750 bucks a night, four night minimum to stay wow. at the Ritz. <laughs> exactly. I, I was like, I thought, holy God. I thought for a second you were going to tell me Andy was in his jacket down in the lounge hunting lions no. or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, uh. No, he, he, he presented this um, uh, 1939 um, uh, Alpha 6C that he brought down from, uh, that he had brought down from Maine. And he was there to represent that car for the owner. So he and I went down and he called me and normally we room together on these things. And, and uh, he called me on this one and we were going to go there anyway, as it turns out. And so he, I said, okay. So we, we went from like the courtyard to the Ritz because the courtyard prices got so jacked up. It was almost the same amount of money to stay at the Ritz. Yeah. It was crazy. So we stayed at the Ritz and we were right there. So I, I was the backup player. If the car didn't run, which it didn't for a while, and I kind of earned my keep, um, but I was supposed to keep it running. So, 
He, you know, we did great. We took second in our class. And it was, you know, it was exciting. I saw pictures so, of the car. It was stunning. It was a fun car, you know, and, and the owner, you know, the owner says, I'm going to take it on the tour. I go, yeah, I wouldn't suggest, I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> well, the car had been sitting in a museum for like the last 10 plus years. And I'm like, there's, there's like hardened rubber on this car that you don't even know. How many, seal, you know, how many of the seals are dry? Let's find out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I do with Alphas. I, you know, it's bad enough with the seventies and eighties cars, little the 39s. I yeah. can only imagine. So, you know, but that, that was, that was, you know, a good piece of the weekend for us. You know, that was a good piece of the weekend. Andy, Andy, uh, and it, but it was, you know, it was like a big socioeconomic experiment to like stay at the Ritz. It was kind of fun. You know, it was I like, bet. holy cow. You know, I go, how much is that diet? <laughs> the woman in the gift shop sold me <laughs> Diet Pepsi and apologized for the $5.50 price tag on a can of Diet Pepsi. She wow. goes, yeah, it just went up this morning. And I went, oh, holy God. Um, so I guess, you know, getting back to your original question about what, you know, what is it? How does Amelia feel? I guess. You know, it's it's a little bit different. I mean, you know, with the Haggerty, you know, with Haggerty owning the uh, owning the venue and not the venue, but the, you know, the name, the Amelia now, not no. the Amelia, you know, Amelia Island Concord Elegance. I guess you have to say the Amelia. Well, I'm, um, I'm guessing it's a new Hollywood name. You know. I'm guessing Bill <laughs> Warner was happy to take a break this year and just be the ambassador. He was, I saw Bill, he did nothing but smile all weekend. You know, it was nice. It was, he was, he looked like the happiest man on earth. Cause just, you know, they, they kept a lot of the, a lot of the um, uh, legacy was good, you know, but you know, Hey, like it or not, prices doubled. Yeah. Mm. You know, it used to be a hundred ahead. You could get in there for a hundred ahead and a hundred ahead. You could bring the family, you know, if, it, if, if you weren't the Clampets or something, you didn't have 15 or 20 kids in the, in the family, but, um, you know, you, you double that. It's a lot of, it's a lot of Jack. Yeah. You well, know, it's a lot of money. Thank God for media passes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, and <laughs> we and are the slow the media lords, people man. out there too. Right. Yeah. And Andy, for all the grief we're giving you, you were the best guest, best dressed guy in the room. So, I mean, no tweet jacket. Yeah. Still. We're going to, we're going to give you a little bit of crap. <laughs> he, uh, he, he packs with a shovel on Monday morning. I've seen it. You know, it's it like, what are you going to do with all that shit in the corner? He's well, I'll get it out of here. It'd be fine. You know, and he's shoveling it into his bag. I sits on it and zips it up. Okay. Pitchfork and a steamer trunk. Oh, yeah. It's, it's hilarious to watch, you know? So my wife, go ahead. No, no. Uh, are you going to tell me tales of your wife overpacking? No, I, I, say, I, I was just going to say it, but you know, I showed a picture of the, the hotel room, you know, to my wife. I'm always, I used to travel all the time. So I was, always, I'm always like Mr. Neatnik, you know, I, yeah. I know where everything is. I, I park my stuff. I come in, I go out, but she goes, wow, what a mess you made this time. I go, no, 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 no. That's Mr. Reed's mess. And in the corner, you can see everything is put on and taken off for the last four days, just stuffed into the corner on a little table all over. I'm like, that's him. She goes, oh, that explains it. Okay. I'm wondering if he packs as heavy as my delightful bride who takes an extra bag for her shoes. He he had three bags. He had three bags. Okay. Okay. Well, Well, he went to the gala. I'll I'll take a shot at him. He went to the gala. Me, I couldn't because I don't have any clothing that'll fit the COVID 20 plus sack amino here. So I, he's like, you want to go to the gala? Nope. Nope. Not going to go buy it. I only had one shirt that had a collar on it. Oh yeah. I, I, I said, nope, not, not even going to try this year. Not even going to try. I've done it in the past when I was a little, a bit thinner. R- Rhonda's going to hear this sweetie. I love you. And you know it, but Amelda Marco sends her hate mail from beyond the grave. <laughs> <laughs> so God, how did you get those shoes? All righty. Uh, well, there's nowhere to keep them. <laughs> finally, uh, we've already asked you what's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car is. So what would you do to keep interest alive in younger generations? It, you know, it's, it, I don't want to say that's a passion of mine. You know, that's probably poorly that. worded. Are we interested in them or are they interested in cars? I said, well, I, the, the demise of this hobby has been forecasted for the last 10 years. And I just came back from one of the largest, you know, hobbyist yeah. um, uh, get togethers in, in a long time. And it was super, you know, well attended. And I, they, these concours have to do something to get normal young people involved. That's the thing I, I, I'm a little concerned about is that 
you know, the Thurston Howell kids can always come in with dad, right? You know, there's always that. Um, but what are the kids that are coming in from, you know, technical colleges? You know, there should be an outreach of some sort so that some of these kids can come in and see this and they can see, you know, what the hobby's about. Not not from afar or not going, oh, look at you know, those guys, you know, with the big trailers and the fancy cars, but actually come on out, you know, and take a look at what, what the judging is about. You know, a lot of the young judges, are, a lot of them were, you know, sons and daughters, if you will, of a lot of the participants or a lot of the exhibitors. I'm not sure that really brings the people in that we're looking to try to interest in this long term. So I work with RPM Foundation. I work with a couple of different, you know, different organizations. On the first, I'm going to St. Charles, uh, Illinois. They've got a technical uh, program in their high school, which I was happy to see. And I'm going to go bring one of my cars and go in and give them a talk for an hour, you know, um, um, over lunchtime. Very cool. I, I just, yeah, I just, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how the, all this, we've got all this money in the hobby. How are we going to, you know, protect all, everybody's, you know, investments going forward? It's not going to be the guys that are hard, giving a hard time, like, what's up, getting off the floor? You know, it's, 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 we got, there's young kids out there that, you know, you could guide into this hobby with, with a reasonable amount of uh, uh, mentorship, but I'm, I'm not certain it's, you know, it's being coordinated real well. Well, the one example I can think of, and of course it's my alma mater, so I'm going to brag on them, is McPherson College. Yeah, absolutely, and absolutely, that, without it. That program now has a waiting list. So, yep. and thank God for them. I think they've done a sensational job. I think Amanda Gutierrez has been uh, an absolute ace as far as promoting that program and finding uh, donors to the program and supporters for the program. And uh, every time somebody says to me, well, young, young kids, they don't, they don't like electric cars. And I, say, I can show you absolutely. one place that will absolutely change your mind. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know this, the story about Sean Robinson, the guy, you know, the, the, the McPherson grad with the, with the fire truck. I know Sean. Yeah. <laughs> so Sean's, I'm, I'm trying to get Sean to come out to the shop for lunch on Friday, if not this week, next week, because he's really a good kid. He's a great yeah. ambassador for, for what we do. He's a great ambassador. I just wish he didn't love woodworking so much. You know, that's his, he's, he's, a, he, he's he would build woodies and old car frames for the rest of his life if he could. He's 22 years old or, you know. Yeah, but God love him. The kid went out and bought a fire truck. <laughs> he bought three hundred dollars worth of raffle tickets, <laughs> and he showed up. And he showed up with a wrench and like four four tires. Yeah, hey, I'm here. Let's go. I, I, you know, he's he, he's 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 a hoot. I mean, I really like him a lot. But I, I wish there was more kids like him. You know, or we were let's say we were um, um, bringing about more kids like Sean. You know, yeah. So I look at I look at him. I look at any of the kids around the Chicagoland area that want a hand. You know, you know, check. I'm in. What do you want to do? You know, what can we do to help you out? So, that's that's a big piece. That's that's like a big piece for me. I don't think it's in as much danger as everybody else our age or older thinks it is. I think there's still a lot of interest. There are are always going to be people who want to know how things work and how to restore them back to the original and. I love seeing that. I just love seeing kids that want to learn and want to tinker and want to know how everything works and moves and operates. Yeah. I, um, I, you know, I, I hear all the time, Oh, am I going to get stuck with all these cars? You know, these collectors, I got three cars, you know, it's like, look, if you buy the right car, you know, don't buy crappy cars. Don't, you know, the nicer cars, the nicest cars of any mark, will bring the most money. Yeah. And if you, if you try to buy these like half-assed cars and try to restore them at home with your grandfather, that's God love it. It's bonding time, but it's, that's not investment grade stuff. That's not stuff you're going to keep for a long time. And I think people have gotten their expectations have gotten kind of out of, out of control in, in terms of what, what they need to do there. And, and I mean, you know, I, I, I just really think if you're going to buy a Healy, buy a nice Healy. <laughs> no, don't buy it. Well, seriously, and, and, no, and you know, ten years, twenty years, it'll it'll still be worth what you you know. You'll have used it. You'll have fun with it. You know, all of that stuff. And and um, but you know, everybody. Well, it's not going to be worth anything. This hobby's going away, and nobody's going to want to buy it. And oh, woe is me. Then you know, then 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 go, then go buy it. You know, a Tesla. Buy. I got. I don't have time for you anymore. This is still a. <laughs> this is still a good hobby. 
and it's a, you know it's an and it's an exciting hobby and there's some like wonderful people in it that if you want to be part of it come on in we're, we're, you know we're all making an effort to to, oh, to be ab- inclusive absolutely you know? and every now and then you get to go to something like Gooding at Amelia Island and see yep. a guy wearing a tweed shooting jacket yeah, every, <laughs> boy, I can't, the, I can't wait to wake him up tomorrow morning. Hey, by the way, your name came up. <laughs> 14 <laughs> times. Yeah, Brett, Brett, Brett's got an invitation, a special invitation for the shooting jacket guy. <laughs> We're going to go to How and How and get fitted. <laughs> you like it. You're going to like it, Andy. And he got like 15 webbits with it. It was great. It was great. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, that yeah. even burnt my butt. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. It was just there. I had to I had to hit it from the top. Oh, yeah. he's uh, That's going to be endless just, Andy FUD from Josh, now on. Josh, glad you did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good car. Uh, <laughs> We've been speaking with John Sacamino, owner of award-winning restoration shop Sport and Specialty in Duran, Illinois. You can find all the social media links for John and Sport and Specialty on readthedriven.com. John, thanks again for being with us. It was great seeing you and Amelia, and I hope we bump into each other again soon. Uh, Thanks a lot for the time, guys. I'll see you guys later. Take care. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show and listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I'm Brett Hatfield for Corey Who Hates Me and Mark Groves. <laughs> yep. <You're>, Yo. <laughs> I'm glad we were off the air, you bastard. <laughs> We don't take jibes at each other when we're not recording. What makes you say that? Boy, you think it's harsh when we're on uh, when we're recording. You should have heard some of what went on when we weren't. Was it? Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Hateful Driven Radio. <laughs>